um, I think it's an easy thing to point to because people don't want to uh, look at other factors. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss a new study that came out where people who were getting divorced were blaming their student debt. Can that be true? Stay tuned to find out. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchedmag.com, click on the Wine Club link, and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, Welcome. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last, you can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, today, Karen, we are going to talk about uh, the impact on a marriage that comes from debt. Um, I saw a survey, and uh, honestly, I kind of hate surveys like this, uh, uh, and I, I don't put too much weight into the actual results, but I do um, like how it will offer an opportunity to open up a discussion. And that's really where I want to take this. So the survey basically um, uh, from a company that handles debt, so not surprising there, um, found that 13% of student, sorry, divorce, couples who had divorced, 13% of them had blamed their divorce on their student loan debt, saying that that was the cause. Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now there are obviously a ton of reasons to get that couples get divorced, and I, it, you know, it's not surprising to me that money issues would play a role for a lot of couples, and student debt wouldn't um, wouldn't be that surprising either, I suppose. Um, why do you think that student debt is the thing that is um, taking the blame here? Okay, so before I answer that question, can I comment why you astutely dislike surveys? Yes, please. Okay, because surveys are not necessarily accurate. The people who are willing to respond to surveys are really generally a particular kind of person, um, and so they are reflecting a person who's willing to answer a survey and not necessarily a true reflection of whatever the group is that you're trying to measure. Um, And so it's not, again, necessarily uh, representing the group that you're actually uh, trying to study. 
So you are on target when you say you don't like surveys. Okay, that being said. I want to add one more thing to that. Just one more thing to that is particularly if you are a company and you are Mm -hmm. trying to get promotion with the way this company is about how important it is to handle your student debt because we're going to scare you into thinking that you're going to get divorced. They can frame the questionnaire that they offer people uh, to include student debt but maybe leave out something important like uh, mortgage debt or credit card debt or something else. And so that might be the most accurate response available to you, but it's not the truth, which is what we want to get Correct. at. So anyways, okay. Correct. Okay. All right. Now, so why are they blaming student debt? Because again, just as you just said, we don't know how the question was asked, but I do think that it might very well be a contributing factor, but I don't necessarily think that that is the factor. Mm-hmm. So in other words, when, and I read the article um, or the study, you know, when they say, well, it's because of my student debt, I don't know that that necessarily is what's really going on. Um, I think it's an easy thing to point to because people don't want to uh, look at other factors. Mm-hmm. Okay, Um, and we're going to, I think, get into what some of those other factors might be. Um, But again, uh, I think that, you know, it's not necessarily, though I do think it's a contributor. Right. I don't think that it is just having student debt. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, again, I think, I do think this is an important topic. And so if you know that you and or your spouse uh, have this heavy financial burden and you're going to have it for a while and it's going to mm-hmm. hang over your head for years to come, uh, what do you, you know, do you have any thoughts or ideas on how they should cope with this so it doesn't constantly stress them out? Because it can. Well, you know, my constant go-to is that you talk about it, mm-hmm. that you, you know, put it on the table, that you look at the amount, that you try to figure out some ways maybe to handle the debt um, and look at the realities of where are you going to have to uh, tighten your belt? Mm -hmm. Uh, What might you not be able to do? Um, I think it was in our last podcast, but it doesn't really matter, uh, that I was telling you about a client of mine whose um, significant other uh, was in the middle of a divorce. And he was telling her that he didn't know that he'd be able to take luxurious vacations with her going forward because he still had financial responsibility to his first family. So he was being very upfront with her and letting her know that his finances were going to be limited. You know, different situation, but end result is the same. You have limited resources. Um, And so what is your life going to look like when you um, don't have the kind of money available to you that you would like to have? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think you need to talk about it and you have to explore different options of how you're going to handle this burden. Right. And so that actually gets uh, me to my next question. And this is... um, not to get into politics, but I think this is one of those touching points that you hear a lot of politicians talk about is 
um, the student debt financial crisis stuff that we got going on. And the mm-hmm. reason that they bring it up so frequently is because student debt is treated unlike basically any other debt that you have in that mm-hmm. uh, you can't get rid of it. Um, yeah. You, you, even if you claim bankruptcy, you can't get rid of it. Um, mm. it. You are stuck with it, period, end of story. And if you had a mortgage or a car, you can sell the house, you can sell the car, you can go bankrupt on those things. Your student debt, you have to pay your student debt. And there have been, um, you know, again, not getting too deep into the weeds here, but there have been policies put forward where there would be some relief and all this other stuff and forgiveness and all the, you know, things like that. Um, and, but it, but student debt, um, as it sits today, is treated not the same as other debt. And so, with that being said, um, do you, do you think that, uh, Perhaps that's why um, the people who answered the way that they did feel this way because they know that they're they're stuck with this, unlike even a house where you can get rid of it. Okay, let me ask you a question because I have to admit that I'm not as knowledgeable in this area as you are. I was very fortunate; I had no debt, mm-hmm. um, and I went all the way, you know, through through my PhD. Um, are you able to negotiate where you can, you know, make payments and do it over long, long term? Right. Yeah, you can. You can defer payments. You can negotiate better rates. You can consolidate. There's a lot of – there are some levers that you can pull. Um, but at okay. the end of the day, um, if they want to hold you to your current status, they can hold you to your current status. So. Okay. So that's what I meant when I said to try to figure out the best way to handle your debt. Right. To figure out, you know, if there was a way to make it more reasonable in paying it out over time. Um, I do think that when you have something that is a stressor that is hanging over your head, obviously it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very challenging. Um, That being said, I think in life, if you come to terms with something and accept that, okay, this is something that's part of my reality, you come to terms with it and you accept it and you then work around that this is the given, you know, so maybe um, you're not going to be able to live in the fancy neighborhoods that you wanted to live in, or maybe you are going to have to take on a second job or things like that. But I think a lot of it is going to have to be that you come to terms with that this is part of the price, literally, that you paid and um, how do you now deal with this being, you know, part of what your life is? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things that I think is interesting about this is that unlike some of the conversations we've had in the past about money, fi- a, a college debt is, you for the most part, you would think is a pretty upfront thing. Um, people know that when they get married, their spouse probably had st- taken out some student loans. Um, and unlike credit cards where you can secretly shop for things, um, you would think that it's a little more difficult to hide the fact that you have this college debt. Um, mm-hmm. Now, with that said, uh, according to this survey that uh, we read, um, 36% of those who responded did say that they had lied about the amount 
of their mm-hmm. student debt. So I think that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But when it's a fact of life, um, you know, having this student debt, albeit a painful one, do you have any tips about how you can possibly become comfortable with that debt kind of hanging over you? Well, I, I, I can't even respond to what you're asking me because I, I'm really tripped up by what you're saying about 36% said that they lied. And, right. you know, before when we were talking about blaming it on the student debt, you know, the first question you asked me. Mm-hmm. Now I want to come back to that because here's another really big issue in the relationship right. that that they weren't truthful. And so if you now find out, well, I thought you had, I'm going to just make it easy money. Yeah. I thought you had $20,000 in debt. And now I come to find out that you have $50,000 in debt and that this is going to go on for years and years and years. And you are not upfront with me about it. You presented yourself as somebody different than who you really were. Mm-hmm. That really puts a, you know, a real kibosh in the relationship, in the trust, and in the honesty. Um, and so, a lot of resentment can get built up that way. So, do, do I blame it on my student loan? Well, you know, he didn't want any part of me anymore because I had a student loan. Right. But maybe the real issue is, well, because I wasn't really upfront about how much I owed, and that's what the real issue is. Right. You can't be Um, honest and communicate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, I think that if the, the people are upfront as difficult as it is, you know, it's funny because, and I don't remember why, and maybe it was because of student loans, you know, as I think about it now, but I actually did have some debt coming into our marriage. Um, And so, and it was taken out like on, not as a bank loan, but something else. But I I don't remember it as saying, okay, I had a a student loan out, but I know I had debt coming into the marriage. Mm -hmm. But I went to Rich and I said, you need to know that I have this to pay off. And so we talked about how it was going to get paid off. And was it my debt? Was it our debt? You know, how soon could it get paid off? What was it going to mean in our relationship and in our marriage? And so, you know, once we dealt with that, it became a non-issue, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how is that any different, let's say, than somebody who goes into the marriage and knows that they are biologically going to have difficulty being able to get pregnant? and. Right. Oops, I didn't tell you that. Right. <laughs> you know, you know. well, the doctor said there would be a chance I could do it, but that it would be very slim. But I neglected to tell that to you. Right. Um, so I think that really that is a, is a big factor about not being upfront about it. I, I was going to – this also reminds me a little bit of uh, I could see a scenario where there's alimony due, right? Like, mm-hmm. And – you might not be completely upfront about that or so there's a lot of situations or scenarios where you can see there's some sort of hidden obligation that you haven't been upfront mm-hmm. about that would cause a right. problem similar to this. Right. Um okay, well, so debt 
is also said that it impacts other things um, and stages of life that uh, according to the survey, which I, which I do believe um, such as buying a house or starting a family because they don't feel like they're financially stable enough to do so or Mm -hmm. uh, able Mm -hmm. to do so. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And now obviously you want to be able to financially support a new member that you bring into this world. Um, But you can also see how this can create fights if say, uh, one person in the relationship really, really wants to start a family. Uh, let's not also forget that we are biological beings, which means there is a clock that is ticking. Um, and, but mm-hmm. the other is like really uncomfortable because you have this financial burden hanging over your head. Uh, do you have any advice on how you might reconcile that kind of a scenario? Anytime I hear that there's a money issue, I always recommend that the couples go underneath, so to speak, the money issues and look at what the emotional issues are. Money is generally not just about money. It's about feelings of security, control, power. And so let's take, you know, the example you're giving about uh, bringing, you know, having a baby. Well, in that case, it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm too, as an example, I'm too insecure that we're going to bring a child into the world and I'm we're not going to be able to support the baby and then we won't be able to meet the baby's needs and we won't have enough for ourselves and and I'm just too scared about all that and then the other person say it's the woman says I understand all of that but my biological clock is ticking and I'm afraid that If we put it off too long, we won't be able to have a baby at all. And to me, being able to mother a child or for us to parent a child is the most significant thing, one of the most significant things, you know, in the world. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get to what's going on underneath and then to talk about how you can um, respond to those needs. Um, If you just stay with the out-and-out money discussion, you're not going to really get to resolving it. That's been my finding. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be the way to um, hear each other, uh, understand each other, and then try to come to some kind of resolution that would uh, be satisfying to both needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, not surprising. It seems like this is mostly coming down to like really solid communication. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I I feel like we've done a pretty good job on this one. Did you have anything you wanted to add to the conversation today? Um, you know, money is one of those topics that is just really, really difficult to talk about. It's not glamorous. It's not sexy, but it is really absolutely essential because, um, it, it, it's so, um, it can be so stressful throughout a relationship. And again, um, by withholding information, it really leaves uh, the partner feeling that you haven't been upfront with me. And so that opens up another whole can of worms. Right. Uh, so it's, it really is essential that uh, money gets spoken about early on. Uh, that actually reminds me really quick. Uh, 
one of the things that I know about money is that people put a lot of emotional attachment, some people put a lot of emotional attachment to money and Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons, whether they had it or didn't have it growing up, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, because of that, unlike a lot of other things in life, you're right. Money is like one of these really weird, tricky things because it does have that emotional impact on people, which makes it mm-hmm. difficult for them to talk about or be uh, honest about or whatever, because then they have to dive into and what you pointed out earlier. They have to dive into their own emotions because there's usually something else going on associated. With mm-hmm. it, so, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. All right. I think that will do it for it for us uh, this week, Karen. Um, it is always a pleasure to have you on. A fantastic advice as usual. So thank you so much. Thank you. And before we go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, You can get this and more information at our website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find all this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. Along with thousands of articles, we have cracked 500 podcasts. Yay! Uh, (laughs) Wow. I know, yes. So uh, thank thank you, Karen. Um, I was looking back um, in the most recent newsletter that went out, which is going to be a couple weeks old by the time this episode hits, uh, I was going back through the archives. And Karen, you were the very first guest on this <laughs> podcast. And Which is why we say the original. The original. That's right. Absolutely right. And I made sure that when when I put up the 500th episode that you were the also the 500th person on the podcast. Oh, so thank you. You're welcome. That's very sweet of you. Uh, so anyways, so, there, so if you like what you hear, um, please go back and listen to the archives because it is uh, still all relevant, um, very insightful. Uh, and as I mentioned, um, when I wrote that little newsletter, um, I have learned quite a bit from all these conversations. So thank you, Karen, for, um, sticking with it for all all these years. (laughs) You're very welcome. And thank you for having me on so often. I appreciate it. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, and so with that and the love fest being over, uh, (laughs) at least for this week, uh, until next time, everybody take care. (laughs) 